0: Wine Work and Passion is brought to you by the Napa Valley Wine Academy, America's premier wine school and two time winner of the WSET Global Wine Educator of the Year Award. You can find a course that's right for you at napavalleywineacademy.com and use the code in our show notes for a special discount. Greetings, wine enthusiasts and job seekers. I'm your host, Karen Wetzel, and Wine Work & Passion is the podcast where we inspire you to make a career out of your passion for wine. If you're looking for resources to help you find a job in the wine industry, then look no further. In today's episode, I'm gonna introduce you to Gary Schneidkraut from Force Brands. Force Brands, also known as BevForce, is a leading recruiting firm that offers industry-specific services that connect employers with employees. Gary's a director working with BevForce's clients in the alcohol beverage category. Join us as he shares his expertise to help put you on a path to your dream job in wine, beer, and spirits. Be sure to stay tuned until the end when Gary and I will provide key actionable insights about how you can make a career out of your enthusiasm for adult beverages. Hi, Gary. Welcome to Wine, Work & Passion. Thanks for being here today. Oh,
1: thank you for having me, Karen.
0: Oh, my pleasure. So to get started, would you tell our audience who you are and what you do in the wine industry?
1: Absolutely. Um, I am the Director of Client Strategy for the Spirits Wine and Beer Division at Force Brands, one of um, the consumer goods uh, top executive recruiting agencies.
0: Um, and we're gonna tell everybody exactly what all that means in just a minute or two. Um, so I also want to mention that force brands, some of the audience might know them as BevForce, right? That's a part of under the umbrella of Force
1: brands. Yes. Correct? Yeah, okay. you know, when we were founded 14 years ago, um, we were Bev Force. It was strictly focused on on alcoholic beverage. And as we sort of expanded into to non-alc and food and and beauty and personal care, we are force brands, but um, you know a lot of people still uh, you know know us for our, our job board, BevForce.com.
0: Okay. And it is a job. Well, we'll talk about what that is in just a second. So before we get into that, tell us a little bit about you. What's your background? How'd you get into this crazy business?
1: Absolutely. I'll tell you, it, it's a path that I never would have expected. Uh, as a child, my family did travel a lot and I had loved... Um, you know, staying at hotels and and eating at restaurants. And um, I knew that hospitality is what I wanted to go into. And it was my goal to go to Cornell University's uh, School of Hotel Administration. And I I got in and, you know, spent my time at at Cornell and took, you know, the the famous wine course where it's, it's 800 students in an auditorium, all tasting wine at the same time. Wow. And, um, you know, I, I graduated from Cornell and I wound up actually working at the Pierre Hotel, a, a five diamond hotel on Fifth Avenue in New York City, where I'm from. And it, it was from there that I was looking for another role after a stint in catering sales and really got my true entry into alcohol, which was. With a wine and spirits distributor uh, at the time, I had no clue what the three tier system was. I, I I was was clueless on that, but I knew I loved people. I loved problem solving, and and absolutely loved wine, spirits, beer, I and mean, all of that. So I had worked for Empire Merchants, which is Metro New York's largest wine and spirits distributor, and it was there that you know, I, I really got my foot in the door working with on-premise accounts and picking up as much knowledge as I could along the way. Um, and now here I am at, at Force Brands. I started as a candidate after about seven years with the distributor. And one day, a Force Brands recruiter said, you know, why don't you just come work for us? And, no and I... I chuckled. And I said, well, I don't know anything about recruiting. And, you know, I, I really like dealing with, um, you know, business development and helping companies grow. And she said, yeah, you know, look, we have a, you know, business development client strategy, helping build the teams. And we're looking for somebody to help us with our, our ALCBEV division. And, I mean, Karen, if you had ever told me that I would work for an executive recruiting agency, right. I, I would have laughed at you. But um, it kept me in the industry that I absolutely love of, you know, the alcoholic beverage industry and the people, the culture, the, the mindset, the collaboration of force brands. Um, you know, I've been there almost five years now.
0: What I really think is great about your story is, you know, you start off your journey looking for the right job within the wine, spirits, and uh, beer industry, and you've kind of come full circle where now you're helping other people find their path (laughs) to follow, kind of in your footsteps. And I think that's so cool. You know, one of the things that comes up a lot in uh, in my my coaching sessions and on the podcast and just friends people that I know is you know I don't have a lot of experience I really want to get into sales but the job description says I have to have experience and you know I love the fact that you didn't have sales experience you probably didn't have any wine credentials at the time but you dove in anyway and I tell people all the time don't let a job description stand in your way of applying for the job you want because that's the wish list, that's the unicorn they're looking for. Yes. But you can overcome that, you know, as you were talking about, you know, your passion for wine, you love mm-hmm. people, you love making connections. That overcomes a lot. And it's a really it, a good example of of what we talk about when we say that.
1: Yeah, it, it truly does. And, you know, with, with some of the partners that we work with, you know, as employers, we'll submit a candidate and they'll say, you know, based on, on the write-up and the profile, I don't think they're a fit. And there are certain times where I say, listen, I feel strongly you have a 30-minute conversation with this person and you will change your mind. And I agree with what you're saying. Um, as someone who Helps companies create job descriptions. They're a framework. It right. is not um, a, a filter in which if you don't fit one or a few of the bullets, you're automatically you know pushed out of line. Right. The type of person you are, the the passion, the perseverance, um, the more hustle you have, and interest in what you do, that seems to trump um, almost everything else a lot of the time.
0: Right in episode nine, I interviewed a guy by the name of Pat O'Sullivan, who's the chief sales officer for Heidelberg Distributing, and you know he we talked about sales jobs because I he actually used to I we he and I used to work together, and I came up through the distributor network. I knew nothing about wine. I literally knew nothing about wine. <laughs> I knew about sales. I didn't know anything about wine. Right. And and he said, you know, that's not a uh, that's not a stopgap. Mm-hmm. That he will take a personality over knowledge because. You can learn the stuff you need to learn. You can learn about wine. You can learn about sales. You can't teach someone to have personality. That sort of comes naturally or not.
1: No, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, the personality, you're right. You you can't teach that. And when I had entered into the distributor life, I came in knowing that I, I liked to drink alcohol and found it interesting. And it you you'll be surprised how many employers will say i'm fine teaching the candidate this if they've got xyz i'll teach them the rest right and it was it was through um, empire merchants that they offered wset training and i got my my level 1 certification and beyond that it was optional but it was there at my disposal and you know, I, I found it so interesting. So I went for my my WSET um, spirit certification in level two. And all of that was just, it, it was provided to me because I'm going to add value to the employer. And additionally, I walked away, I'm able to speak to certain partners of ours on operations roles and ask them, great, what kind of tanks do you have? Um right. How, you know, how much time do you usually let, let your wine sit in, in the oak? You know, as we're discussing cooperages and, um, you know, what type of wood they use? I'm able to do that because of education I received after I got the job.
0: Right. And, you know, a lot of times, you know, for everybody, I'm sure listening knows that the Knapp Valley Wine Academy, who sponsors this podcast, is the largest provider of WSET in the world, except for London. Um, we actually do about 35 to 40% of all of the WSET education in the US means, and there's 900 providers, I think here. So we're like Mm -hmm. the big one, but none. And then there's a reason for that. We're a good school. We get really, really good results. But, um, but the point is a lot of times, if you're worried that you, you know, the job description says we're experience required, a lot of times, some wine credentials, like a WSET, and, and there's others that can help you overcome that lack of maybe hands-on experience mm-hmm. because you're making up for it. And I do think that you know if you're interested in the wine industry, you can never hurt yourself by getting a few credentials under your belt. It only enhances what you already have. Right. So never, never a, a a detriment to getting a job. That's for sure.
1: I, I, I will tell the, the listeners you did not pay me to say this, but. <laughs> having the letters WSET after your name speaks volumes because you can talk until you're blue in the face about how well you know wine and you know how how you really enjoy unoaked Chardonnay. But having those letters, an employer sees that and knows that you've gone through that rigorous training and certification and and you know passed the exam. So you have that at least base knowledge that, you know, they really need in in an employee.
0: Yeah. And WSET has really become the industry standard from a business standpoint. Not not so much if you were wanting to be a a, a maitre d' in a fancy restaurant, that's a little different. Maybe quartermaster sommelier is more appropriate for that. But other than that, really WSET, the path of WSET, which has four levels, um, really sets you up from a business side of things as well, which is great. So let's talk about, um, let's talk about Force Brands. Yes. Give the audience an idea of what they are, what they do, let's, and then pivot to maybe BevForce because most of our listeners are, you know, mostly interested in the beverage side of things. But tell us all about Force Brands.
1: Absolutely. Um, Force Brands is the leading executive recruiting agency uh, and, you know, company for consumer brands and a lot of people know us as as Bev Force because um, almost a decade and a half ago our founder Josh Wand started it as Bev Force. Josh uh, was running his own rum business and he's a natural people connector. I mean going to events like uh WSWA, he's like the mayor. He knows everyone <laughs> and he is up on the trends and the happenings, but Josh really is a natural people uh, connector, and I think he had realized, you know, knowing so many people in the industry and making introductions, um, he launched a specialized recruiting firm focused on the alcoholic beverage industry, and that eventually spilled over into other industries with within the consumer brand space. So. Um, non-alcoholic beverage and food, beauty and wellness. Uh, We've got a division for cannabis, uh, pets, consumer tech. um, And, you know, something for everybody. (laughs) Yeah, there there really is something for everybody. But, you know, and I will say, having been around for, for this long and establishing the reputation that we have, our network is incredible of people that we have collaborated with as candidates, as employers looking for our support in in building their team. Uh, additionally, you know myself coming from uh, a background in wine and spirits, our recruiters come from the specific industries we work in and focused on special functions like sales, marketing, operations, etc. Um, so. Force Brands is an incredible company, um, you know, and I don't think I could sell a service or product if I didn't truly believe in it, you know, going from the distributor world into my first week at Force Brands. I remember one quote that that Josh had said that I learned was the most genuine thing and, and truly what he believes. He said any meeting or phone call that you take, even if it doesn't net you a penny, we always do the right thing to improve the industry that we love and and loves us back. It's a big circle of how we can all help each other. And it was that statement, I think, on my third day at work that I knew I, I was home.
0: Yeah, that's great. You know, and it's interesting. You know, starting off originally with just beverage alcohol, and then morphing into you know adding other CPG industries, um, consumer product good industries. You know, coming out of the supplier pool myself, I know uh, when I was with a the supplier, they did a lot of hiring not from the from other people that had already been in wine, but they did a lot of hiring from salty snacks, from soda, from you know, uh pharmaceuticals from from all, all kinds of industries. So to get into the wine industry, you know, like with the marketing job, for instance, you don't necessarily have to start in wine. You can start in other consumer product goods and and so it makes sense that it grew into this thing. Now I, I wanna ask yeah. some sp- specific questions if I could about sort of navigating force brands. So if somebody's listening to our conversation today and they're like, well I want to find out what they're all about, you've mentioned that you guys are recruiters. Mm-hmm. But you're not, uh, I know when I've been on your website, you have a jobs board. So in other words, are you a recruiter in that it's one-on-one? I'm assigned a recruiter to work with me, or am I on the job board? Or is it a, are there multiple ways of interacting with with Force Brands and BevForce?
1: That's, that's a very good question, Karen. Um, so the executive recruiting side, typically we are... We are partnered with the employer, the company who's looking to fill that role. um, And the relationship is more between our specialized executive recruiters and candidates in our network.
0: So kind Um, of like a headhunter, kind of, I hate to use that word, but yeah,
1: it's a a dirty word, Um, (laughs) but our our
0: audience knows what it means.
1: Our recruiters do an incredible job of utilizing our network and then branching to find the perfect people to submit and you know present to our partners. And, and you'll notice that we we use the word partner a lot um, instead of client. Uh, client to us is, is a, a dirty word because it truly is a partnership between us and the companies we work with. Um, so you know, the executive recruiting side, you can reach out. I mean, we have the executive recruiters profiles on forcebrands.com. If you click on on our team and you can see who's specialized in in which industries, the job board is how a lot of people know us. It's interesting. Certain companies say, I didn't even know you guys did high level search because the executive recruiting is focused on C suite, VP, director, senior management level roles, whereas the job board can work for any role. Um, typically and historically, it had been for um, entry, junior, mid level roles in which there is a target audience and, and a pairing. You, you know, you would asked me before we recorded if you post a role on, say, LinkedIn. You might get 600 applications, but it might just be somebody sees the word wine and they say, yeah, I know I work in construction, but I love drinking <laughs> wine. Apply now. And then the company winds up with 600 applications to sift through and maybe a handful that are, are, are qualified and have industry experience. Um Whereas posting on the the job boards um, on force brands, including Bevforce, these companies are posting roles because our users are their target audience—people who are either currently in the out-bev industry or, you know, a, a parallel part of consumer brands, like you had said—you know, food, personal care. A lot of it can transfer over, right. and they get higher quality applicants um you know it's it's a small investment to post there's a user-friendly dashboard and i would i would recommend to you know listeners hop on the website set up your account if you You don't have um you know your profile or account for force brands set up you're missing out because it's free right there's no charge for this nope no charge at all it's free you set your preferences. Um, do you want to do sales, marketing, ops? What geography are you looking for jobs in? Are you looking for wine? Are you looking for spirits? Are you looking for both? And based on that, I mean, you are sent um, updates of roles that might fit your search. You know, every Wednesday, we have an email that goes out to uh, over 150,000 subscribers, our great jobs email blast where we highlight some of the roles in our industries. Uh, but yeah, absolutely free. And, um, you know, it, it, it's like they say, if you don't buy a lotto ticket, you can't win the lotto. Right,
0: right. So
1: I recommend- You don't have
0: that. to buy anything to win this lotto. Right? Yeah,
1: this is free. It takes a, a few minutes. You upload your resume and you literally, you just click apply and the employer is then able to see your name, your resume, your cover letter, and contact you within minutes.
0: Yeah. I, you know, I've been on your website a few times and, uh, In doing my research, I have to say it's incredibly user friendly, super super easy to use, and it really did seem to have jobs for everybody. In fact, um, in the previous episode of the podcasting and episode thirteen, the one just before this one, um, we had Chrissy friends from Vitro Agents Mm. Ad Agency, and she's uh, they partner with you guys, and she has you know she runs a team of brand ambassadors, and those can be entry level positions or entry or, or junior level positions, and I know she uses you guys so that's actually how i found you was through Chrissy's recommendation because she speaks so highly of your of your your platform um, but it really is a incredibly easy so you go on to forcebrands.com and then you can choose the category whether it's BevForce or some of your other, uh, you mentioned, you know, pets or beauty, health and beauty, or any of the other categories, you can zero into that, and then you're right where you want to be. So it's not just for wine, but the BevForce part is, or wine beer and spirits anyway.
1: Yeah, Um, I mean, BevForce is for our alcoholic beverage partners as well as some non-alc brands. But what I also recommend to people is just go on the site and scroll through and learn what a different job title really means. Cause not everybody knows what a market manager is responsible for. So um, true. You know, are, is it on premise off premise um, you know, roles like a national accounts manager? What's the difference between a national accounts manager and a key accounts manager?
0: Yeah. Very important. That's, yeah, you got to do your homework to understand what the terms mean and using a job board like yours and Mm -hmm. there's others, but just finding out what those job descriptions entail. um, It can do a couple of things. One, it helps you get to know what the roles are because there's so many vast amount of roles within the wine industry. In fact, um, our, our head of marketing Mm -hmm. has tasked me with compiling sort of a, a a, a glossary, if you will, of wine job terms and what the jobs mean. And so I might actually go on, you're Website and find and get some (laughs) good descriptions, but anyway, that's coming. You know, maybe a year from now, it's a big project, but um, but it is important, and it also kind of helps you look and see where you're. Maybe you don't have experience in beverage alcohol, but you have other experiences, and find out. You know, well, you know, my computer skills can transfer over to this, or you know, I've done promotions before, I've done event planning, or whatever it is, and you can find those keywords where you can check some of those boxes. You don't have to check all the boxes to apply for a job it, you have to show that you have something to offer though and, yes. and so I think I think that research really pays off to spend some time you know if you're looking for a job you kind of have to make it a job and take it you know it's, it's a job for your life so you know yeah. like your own little business. <laughs> so I think that's important.'
1: You're, you're, you're exactly right. I mean sometimes if, if a candidate is very actively looking, looking for a job does seem like a second job, um, that it consumes hours, but I mean, you, you hone your skills and realize where you can contribute the most value and, and what companies are lacking, what they're looking for. And, And with so many developments in, in the alcoholic beverage industry, um, you know, over the past two years, there are different roles emerging and needs that that were never there, frankly.
0: Yeah. Well, that's a great segue into my next question. So um, talk about some of the changes that you're seeing in the beverage alcohol industry. What's, what's where, how did we get where we are and where are we going next?
1: It's yeah, this, this is something that we've, the past two years have been, a very interesting time. I, I think, you know, obviously, anyone who who has opened their eyes or ears in the past two years knows that it's been a wild time, um, an unpredictable time, and a time of a lot of change. Our industry, which really hadn't changed in in about a century, I think that the the last time that that our sort of old school industry changed was prohibition.
0: Yeah, that was 1933. For those of you who don't know, <laughs> that's a long time ago.
1: <laughs> and, you know, then I think that everyone, I mean, the pandemic forced everyone's hands to make changes with with on-premise like bars, restaurants, um, you know, lounges closing down. Think about how many millions of gallons of wine. I mean, how much beer is poured out of a a keg and and a draft that then shifts over to the off premise. And this, the products are now only being sold in grocery stores. Um, You know, depending on, on your, your state and the law, liquor stores, grocery convenience, you know, box, big box stores, like, like a Costco With the evolution of the industry and the fact that everyone needed to adapt, February of of 2020, if you were a a digital marketing person or you worked in e-commerce, you weren't working in alcohol. I mean, the Alkbev industry is one of the most regulated in the country. And then, with legislation passing and e commerce and direct to consumer sales becoming a regular practice, you've got folks who are able to command almost 50 to 75% more compensation because we have partners who say, I need an e commerce person who can handle our digital marketing and business with alcohol experience time out, they don't necessarily exist. Right. So you've got people with with a lot of the social media, digital, creative um, skills who are now finding their way into the alcohol industry. Yeah. Uh, additionally, with the, the growth in the no and low alcohol category, I, I think that – you know, with the pandemic and everyone at the beginning probably overdid it a bit working from home thinking, hey, look, I'm, I guess I'm working from home for a month, maybe six weeks. I'm going to I'm going to have some drinks. Moderation was something that a lot of consumers craved and needed. Yes. The growth of lower alcohol products um, and you know, like Kim Crawford um, has a low alcohol version of their yeah. their famed Sauv Blanc, um, and then the no alcohol. You know, some of the partners that, that we we collaborate with, uh, Spiritless, who makes Kentucky Seventy Four, which is a, a bourbon substitute, no alcohol. Um, Ritual Beverages, who they've got, it's called tequila alternative, vodka alternative, and. Their name comes from at the end of the day, there's that ritual of I'm going to mix myself a drink. I'd like Mm -hmm. to pour my ingredients into the shaker, have a seat to be able to do that and not feel hungover the next day or not feel sick. And with that, I mean, look, I think it's it's about 58% of consumers of these products are not on the wagon per se. They still drink. It's seeking moderation, but with the growth of, of the non alcohol category, especially beer, I'm sorry, I forgot about beer, athletic brewing, partake brewing out of Canada, phenomenal product. Um, You're finding that you can go from the alcohol industry outside to another company or vice versa, where if you're a non-alcoholic beer, you're seeking somebody from the beer industry to help you stand with the brands and cans that you deserve to be right next to you want yeah, to be i,
0: I would yeah. i would assume that a non-alcoholic beer or wine or a spirit is being is not we're not i don't know how i guess the should be more of a question are these categories bringing non-drinkers into the drinking category or is it drinkers who are looking for an occasional alternative It would seem to me it would be the second one.
1: (laughs) Yes, that's a good question. It is both, but it's allowing drinkers to practice moderation. And, you know, a, a colleague and I had a discussion and the way we broke it down was this. You can make a drink with half whiskey substitute, half whiskey, simply just lowering the alcohol content of your cocktail and enjoy your evening still, but it's not I mean, like easy.
0: how I put club soda in my Sauvignon Blanc.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yes. You know what? A spritz. Yes. That's right. completely acceptable. If if you're driving, if you go to a party and you're the designated driver, um, you know, if, if you'd like to have a drink and then the rest of the night, you make it with the non-alcoholic alternatives You still, you have that feel of making your cocktail, pouring your drink as a lot of people may sometimes feel, you know, Oh, well, I don't want to hold a seltzer or a diet Coke. Um, But this has really allowed people um, from the alcohol industry to go into non-alc to help these brands really learn the landscape of who they're up against. And it's allowing folks from, non-alcohol to go into the adult beverage space <clears throat> and help them in, in where you can sell the product.
0: Yeah, no, I think that that's, I think that's really smart. I laugh when you said, you know, you talked about in you know, halfway into the pandemic, everybody was yeah. imbibing a little too much. I say, well, I need a little social distancing from my wine rack. <laughs> that's my problem. <laughs> so I, I can really totally uh, relate to that. So, um, so I, I love all the things you talked about. Um, what, what is the biggest challenge from an employment standpoint? What, you, what are the challenges that the beverage alcohol industry is facing right now? I mean, we talk about, you know, every industry seems to be desperate for employees. Yeah. What are you finding within the world of beverage alcohol?
1: What I am finding, and I think that this is the job market all across the country. After the great resignation of 2021, 2022 is being called the great reshuffle. It is a candidate driven market. And I tell the listeners, please, I mean, get out there, show your value. These companies are looking for qualified folks to join their team. It's it's difficult to find somebody who you know, as we had started the podcast with has the personality and the passion and the, the eagerness to learn. And by getting out there and showing that you're setting yourself apart, um, it's no longer just what you can do professionally. It is who you are as a person. And I think that's one thing that we really practice at force brands is the personality. Are they a cultural addition? Are they the type of person that you want to work with that, you know, a similar style, whether it's, you know, a three-piece suit type environment or board shorts and flip-flops.
0: Right.
1: I always say you can find someone who will knock it out of the park professionally, but if it's someone who's used to being very formal and wearing a pocket watch and they're working at a a jeans and sneakers type company, it's not always sustainable. So companies are looking for the individuals, not just, um, you know, the, the, work experience.
0: Right. I also think, you know, because, because there are, there are so many job openings, there's so many jobs that need to be filled. I think also, I, you know, I'd like the audience to know that it's, it's a time when in prospective employers are more flexible with maybe your lack of experience in a particular area or some one box you don't mm-hmm. check or a couple box. They're more flexible. They, they need to be because they need people. And so they're more open-minded to, okay, maybe they don't have wine experience. We can teach them that. Or maybe they have never done direct to consumer, but mm-hmm. they've done all these other things so we can teach that. So, you know, I think that Right now, you're right. Strike while the iron is hot. We may never be in this position again, where, as you said, they it is the candidates that are driving uh, the bus right yeah. now, and and that's a really great place for us to be, for us, for the audience to be in, if they're trying to get in to the uh, to the industry.
1: And, and Karen, the great reshuffle is being heavily characterized by flexibility on the employer's part. Yeah, that- they have to be. Remote work or a hybrid um, setup—it's no longer an exception to be made. It's an expectation. Right. Candidates are commanding higher salaries and compensation.
0: Right, even help with things like daycare uh, for their children. Yes. You know, the moms—that's why moms aren't going back to work yet—is. If they have found that how much money they can save by staying home oh. and not having to pay for daycare. So yeah, I, I agree. It, the employers are having to be very flexible.
1: There, There is that. I, I spoke to a spirits company today this morning and it was about bringing on one of their first senior hires. 2021, I had more equity discussions than I ever have before. Um, you know, companies like athletic brewing, they've set aside a percentage of equity that goes into a pool that's split amongst the employees.
0: When you say equity, you're talking about ownership.
1: Yes, yes, ownership. Um, so make sure know, the
0: audience knew that. The
1: great resignation, a big part of it, it, you know, employees didn't want to be a cog in the machine and, yeah. and pushing papers. Fulfillment was a word that was thrown around a lot. That's what they wanted out of their employment. And as part, Candidates want to have some ownership in what they do or they want to have that work-life balance so you never miss your child's sporting game again or dance recital. I think that a silver lining of the pandemic is that people are more human and certain companies are realizing, hey, you know, it's okay if you have to go and be with your family, we'll catch you up afterwards or let's meet tomorrow morning. And we'll recap the okay. meeting. Um, certain companies who haven't quite gotten on board with this have seen an exodus of employees leaving. And, you know, as we work to search and, and find them top tier talent, it becomes a bit more difficult, you know, um, pitching the role to a candidate, telling them, well, yeah, and you got to do a reverse commute because they want you in the office every day. Um, No, you know, there's no hybrid. And um, so employers who are thriving right now are the ones who are recognizing the position they're in, the needs of their team as human beings and, and making that work.
0: Yeah, that's awesome, and I think you know, you talk about equity, having some ownership, get, you know, getting giving the employees some ownership. You know, everybody works harder when they got skin in the game, and that's just natural, right? That so maybe bad. you're working at home. Two days a week, but you're going to work harder when you're at home. It doesn't matter whether the boss can see you. You own part of the company. Your success is their success. So, I think that's such a, a great idea. So, um, how can the audience find uh, Force Brands? Well, how can they get in
1: touch? Absolutely. So, ForceBrands.com. Just as easy as that. And I encourage, um, I encourage the listeners, please explore the website you can learn more um, i mean like whether you are a job seeker or you're looking to build your 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 brand we've got options for both take a look at the job boards as i said earlier if you don't have a profile on force brand site and you're not taking advantage of these industry specific job boards you're missing out you know we are you know we were based in in tribeca in new york city and you know, since the pandemic, have gone remote, and we've found that actually, the culture is still alive. The types of people we have here, but we get the perspectives of different markets, different parts of the country.
0: I would say your jobs are all over the country, mm-hmm. though.
1: Yes, I, I, you know, out my colleagues um, are coast to coast. um, <laughs> Uh, but I mean, so, the
0: jobs you're, but the jobs you're posting as well, like oh, the, yes. the, the job boards are for jobs, All anything 50- to do with beverage alcohol anywhere in the country. And what about internationally? Are there any international jobs?
1: Not quite. You know, I, I, we have worked international roles in the executive recruiting side occasionally, but in my opinion, it's, if we spread ourselves too thin, we right. won't be able to be as effective and, and be as valuable of a resource to our partners and users so we really do focus mostly the United States
0: gotcha so just in in kind of wrapping up and my, my audience knows that we always go down this road so and you've kind of covered off on on them a bit but can you give us two or three tell the audience two or three things if they're listening to this podcast saying okay, I want to get on Force Brands and find myself a job. Mm-hmm. What are the couple things that they can do to set themselves up for potential success in finding a job or qualifying for a job? What do you got?
1: Sure. Um, you know, repeating number one, sign up on ForceBrands.com. You got to be mm-hmm. in it to win it. Yep. it. Additionally, don't be afraid to network. I used to find people on on LinkedIn or through my mother's friend's brother-in-law who, who worked in the industry and set up an informational call. If I can have 15, 20, 30 minutes of their time just to pick their brain a little bit mm-hmm. about their path, how they wound up in their position, um, you know, what they wish they knew. Yeah, really good advice. Oh, and look, folks love to share their story. So you'd be surprised how open most people are to hopping on that call. Yeah. Um, and additionally, as far as resumes, which I mean, we had touched on, you want to stand out. And I, I got to tell you, resumes are very rarely just black and white text. Um, certain uh, people, especially marketing folks, will put um, a headshot in in the top left, putting different skills. I've seen on the side of a resume, different skills um, and they rate themselves out of five stars, Um, you know, using different logos or images, you want to stand out because when someone looks at a black and white piece of paper of just text. They're probably looking at your last role, maybe the one before that. And if you haven't caught their attention, it's done. If you stand out, then people are going to take a deeper look. Or even I've, I've had partners say, you know what? He looks like a fun guy to work with. Right. Yes. Yeah. Let's, let's set up an interview.
0: Yeah, I I always tell my clients because I do write some resumes for some of my coaching clients, and I tell them, you know, you don't want it to be just a chronological, historic list of what you've done. You don't want the hiring manager to have to dig through, you know, 25 years of employment to find out how many of their boxes you check. You gotta come out with that right out of the gate. I always lead with skills because I think, okay, that's a qualifier right there. These are things I can do. And and I keep the job descriptions of the jobs I've had in the past fairly short and focusing on the ones that translate to the types of jobs you're applying for yes, you know yes, use those bullets yes. sparingly but you know use them to to call that out don't make the hiring manager have to work <laughs> to find out whether or not you're a, a, a good candidate so keeping that kind of short, do you guys have a resume? Do you have a resume builder on your website? I can't remember.
1: We we don't. We we oh, yeah, don't okay. have a resume builder. Um, I mean, we've got a whole library of of job templates, uh, job description templates that we we supply to our partners who are hiring. But something else that I would recommend to the listeners right now is quantitative information on your resume. If you Worked as a sales rep at a distributor, and you grew the the value of your territory by twenty five point seven percent from you know twenty 2020 twenty to twenty twenty one, or you know that stands out numbers. You can't argue with numbers. Right. And yeah, and
0: it doesn't even have to be related to wine. If you've had any success with building business, mm-hmm. um growing growing mm-hmm. business or you know winning awards, even the smallest little thing you've been awarded for, yeah, you shouldn't include all of those things. So um, we're out of time, but Gary you have been a, just a wealth of tremendous information. I am going to put the force brands website link in the show notes on the podcast description so right, right. for if anybody wants to find it there and they can not only poke around but they can also uh, submit a question or uh, reach out in, in through the website correct
1: Yeah if, if you're a job seeker, there should be a form on the website you enter in your your name, phone number, email address. If you have a particular question, you can reach out. And right. additionally, you know, as I had said, click on the our team link. And yeah. if you see a recruiter who's specialized in in Alkbev or says you know sales and, and you want to be a salesperson, contact them on LinkedIn. Networking is everything, and yeah. you'd be surprised how many people are afraid to do it. So yeah. that, that's, that's my advice. Don't be afraid to, to strike up a conversation, even introduce yourself, because at some point down the line, you will cross paths with these people again.
0: Yeah. And even if they can't help you, they can probably turn you on to somebody who can.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I've gotten a ton of ideas and it's through that. One thing I love about my job is I get to work with brands that are pre-revenue to start up and emerging to mid size to um you know larger companies like Heineken USA, William Grant and Sons, Palm Bay and Taub Family Selections the, these you know billion dollar companies so having notes from every different aspect and taking pieces of what everybody says and i put that in my memory bank i'm able to to really move forward and make a lot of progress in whatever I'm trying to do. Um, you know, just by having those conversations.
0: Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Well, Gary, thank you so much for joining me today. I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. Thank Um, you for having
1: me, Karen. This was fun.
0: Yeah, good. I'm glad you had fun. And thanks to the audience as usual for joining us. Um, I appreciate it, Gary. I'll, I'll talk to you soon. Thanks again for joining me. Thank you. Thanks to all of you for joining. And I hope today's show has inspired you to make a career out of your passion for wine. If you'd like to have a one-on-one career coaching session with me, just use the link in the show notes for more information or to schedule an appointment. This podcast is all about helping you follow your dreams. So feel free to send us your suggestions for guests or topics through our email link that's listed in the show notes. And it means an awful lot when you share us with friends or leave a review on iTunes. Thanks for listening. I hope you'll join us again for our next episode.